This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Martin Gabor. And I'm Lucy Walken. It's Wednesday, the 8th of December. In your Sport Today, Brisbane gets ready for the Ashes. Novak Djokovic named to play, the A-League's first COVID case and the Aussies ice their chance. This is your Sport Today. Fez is away again today, probably on the couch in his cricket gear, getting ready for day one of the Ashes. And of course, that's where we're going to start. There is a lot to get through. So Lucy, how about you break it down for us? Well, Gabs, I'll be joining Fez, not in person, but I'm definitely not going to leave the couch today with <laughs> the test starting. And then there's two BBL games on straight after. As you said, the Ashes starts today at the Gabba in Brisbane, and this is going to be Australia's first test since January when they lost to India in Brisbane. That was a rare loss in Queensland. In fact, England hasn't won a test at the Gabba since back in 1986 when Bob Hawke was Prime Minister. The Aussies currently hold the Ashes after after they won the series here in 2017-18 and then the Aussies were able to hold on to them when they drew in England two years ago. 1986, that was before even we were born. That is a very long time ago. (laughs) The Aussies, they named their side a few days ago. And we found out yesterday that England bowler James Anderson will miss the first test, and that's to be ready for the day-night test match in Adelaide. With him not there, what are some of the big matchups that we should look forward to? Well, we've got to talk about the battle of the captains, Pat Cummins and Joe Root. This will be Cummins' first test as skipper, and he'll go up against Root, who is ranked as the number one batter on the ICC test rankings. Then you've got English quick Stuart Board, who dismissed Aussie opener David Warner seven times in the last series in England. And it's worth keeping an eye on English all-rounder Ben Stokes. He's missed a fair bit of cricket because of injury, and he's taken some time away from the game due to mental health reasons as well. But he's one of the best players in the world. Yeah, that's a fairly magical summary there, Luce, but we <laughs> might need some wizardry of our own with rain forecast for the first three days of this test. Let's hope it stays away, and if it does, you can catch all the action on Channel 7, Fox Cricket and KO from 11am Australian Eastern Daylight Time, or you can listen to it on ABC Grandstand, SEN and Triple M. All right, that brings us to today's trivia question brought to you by the Sportsmate mobile app. Who was man of the match when Australia and England last met in a test at the Gabba? Luce, got a clue for us? He recently has been promoted. Recently been promoted. That is cryptic and it could be (laughs) just about anyone. Love it. All right. We'll have the answer at the end of the show. We're going to stick with cricket, and that's because Australia's women's team has suffered a big blow with all-rounder Sophie Molyneux ruled out of the women's ashes with a foot injury. Yeah, Gabs, this is massive news because Molyneux is one of Australia's most important players. It's been revealed Molyneux has a stress fracture in her right foot, and that explains why she didn't bat for the Melbourne Renegades in their WBBL Challenger final loss. Molyneux, who bowls left-arm spin and can bat middle order, is the second Aussie spinner to be ruled out of the ashes after Renegades teammate Georgia Wareham suffered a serious knee injury in the WBBL. The women's ashes starts on January 27 and unlike the men's ashes it's a multi-format event and that starts with a one-off test which is followed by 350 over games and a three T20s. 
Yeah, and that test match is going to be in Canberra before the series moves to Sydney, Adelaide, and then wraps up in Melbourne. The Aussie team doctor says the goal is to have Molyneux available for the World Cup, which begins in March. The big story in tennis over the past few months has been whether Novak Djokovic would be able to play at next month's Australian Open. Now, we still don't know if he has been vaccinated or not, but organisers of the ATP Cup in Sydney say that the men's world number one is going to play. Yeah, this news came out yesterday and it would be a huge boost for tennis fans to see Djokovic come to Australia as he looks to win a record 10th Aussie Open. Less than two weeks ago, Novak's dad, Surgeon said his son probably wouldn't play at the Australian Open because of the vaccination rules. But that could change now that he's been named to compete at the ATP Cup, which is kind of like a mini World Cup of tennis. It is important to point out that there are different rules in Sydney and Melbourne. All players at the Australian Open must be fully vaxxed, but Djokovic can compete in Sydney if the New South Wales government applies for an exemption and he then quarantines for 14 days. Yeah, proof of vaccination is required for all players at the Australian Open, so we're going to have to wait to see what happens with this one. The ATP Cup, it starts on January 1 in Sydney. Let's stay with the coronavirus for a moment because NRL player John Asiata has decided to part ways with the Bulldogs instead of getting a COVID-19 vaccination. The news came on the same day that a male Sydney FC player tested positive to COVID, but Luce, it doesn't look like it's going to affect any of the local leagues. Yeah, that's right. There is an FFA Cup game tonight between Sydney FC and MacArthur FC, and the club has said that New South Wales Health has given the green light for the game to go ahead. This is the first case of COVID in the A-League men's comp this season, but it hasn't spread throughout the team at this stage. The player is said to be defender Ryan Grant, and the club says he's fully vaccinated. He reportedly had symptoms on Sunday, got tested on Monday, and received the positive result yesterday but it's believed his symptoms are minor. Yeah, and the rest of the team has had tests, but they are all said to be healthy at this stage. Sydney FC's FFA Cup game against MacArthur can be seen on 10 play. Kickoff is at 7.30pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time. And Luce, it's definitely one to watch after NPL side Arpia Leichhardt knocked the Western Sydney Wanderers out of the comp 2-1 last night. I've posted a link to the match-winning goal in the episode notes. It is definitely worth checking out. Yesterday, we told you all about America's diplomatic boycott of the 2022 Winter Olympics. Well, we're going to stick with that event, but we're going to head to the ice because Australia is off to a very good start as it looks to qualify for the curling mixed doubles competition. I've never played this sport before, Gabs, but I do love lawn bowls. And this is basically the same thing, but on ice and with a broom. (laughs) So what's not to like about it? But as you said, Australia is top of Group A at the Olympic qualifying event in the Netherlands after winning its first four games. There are two pools of seven countries and the top three in each group go through through to the playoffs. Australia has already secured its spot in the playoffs and from there, two teams will qualify for next year's Olympics in Beijing. Yeah, very good start, as I said, by the Aussies and eight teams they've already qualified for next year's event, including host nation China. Next year will be just the second time that mixed doubles has been at the Winter Olympics and we all love trivia here at Sport Today. Luce, did you know that Canada, they won the gold in 2018, beating Switzerland 10-3 in the final? I didn't know that, but... But I can't say I'm surprised. (laughs) 
I know we said the Ashes was the biggest sporting event on today, but for Q enthusiasts like me, Christmas has come early with the start of the Moscone Cup. Now, for those of you who don't know what it is, Lucy, can you please break it down? I sure can. The Moscone Cup is an annual competition that started in 1994, and it's basically Pool's version of golf's Ryder Cup. That means it's two teams, one from the USA and one made up of players from Europe, who compete in singles and doubles matches until they reach 11 points. Now, most people would know the normal version of Pool that they play in pubs, but this game only has nine balls, and the goal is to sink them in order from one up to nine. Could not have said that any better myself. The Moscone Cup, it started this morning on Fox Sports, but you can catch it every day until Saturday at 5.30am Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Time for Catch This, where we tell you what's caught our eye or what's coming up. I'm going to keep it quick. Jake Fraser McGurk took a catch in the BBL last night that some people are calling the greatest of all time. I'm going to let you make your mind up but I have popped a link in the episode notes, so make sure you check it out. Luce, what have you got? Well, tonight it's the Australian Netball Awards at 7pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time. We're going to find out the Super Netball Player of the Year, the Rising Star, the Team of the Year, and a few other awards will be announced during the digital ceremony, which you can catch the whole thing on netball.com.au. A nice one, Luce. All right, that brings us back to today's trivia question, which was name the player who was man of the match when Australia last took on England at a test at the Gabba. Luce, you said that this person had recently been promoted. Uh, Who is it? It was Steve Smith. He recently just got promoted, obviously, back into that vice-captain role. He won man of the match because he made 141 not out at the Gabba in that first test. Yes, and the Aussies won that match by 10 wickets on their way to winning the series. All right, that's it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. Luce, you're going to be back tomorrow with Fez. I'll be back on Monday. Until then, take care. Take care.